Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office. We are back after a very long break. We last uh, recorded a podcast in July of 2021. It is now January of 2022. So uh, we're back and I'm Erica Berlin, the executive director. I'm John Lyons, director of programming and a filmmaker. I'm Mike Berlin, cinema connoisseur. <laughs> and today we have a very exciting guest. So we're happy to kick off again after many months away. Uh, today we have Cole Daniel Hills, a filmmaker. So welcome. Thanks for being with us today, Cole. We're excited to talk about your new film that is kicking off or debuting, I should say, um, here in Erie. So Cole, welcome. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Cole's second timer, right? Yep, absolutely. Second time club. Second right. time club, all the way. <laughs> So you have a new film coming out, The Root of Perfection. This is your first feature? This is my first feature film, yep. Ooh, all right. That's a big step. Yeah, it was crazy. So tell <laughs> us, you know, you've been, um, I mean, how many years have you been filmmaking now? When did you make <sighs> your first short? Oh, my God. My first real short, or at least that I, like, really put anything into had to have been age of chaos and i think that was 2015 for the um the film competition here in erie yeah um was that 2015 or 2014 i don't know so like oh, seven or eight that. years yeah seven or eight years Whew. yeah so I, I was like 13 14 at that time um oh my god i can't believe you were 13 or 14 at that time i don't think i had any clue age of chaos i remember that being I remember that competition. I remember that being around at Film at the Erie Art Museum. I had no idea you were that young. Yeah, it was. I mean, I had a lot of help from my sister. Of course, we directed it together, Brittany Hills. Um, we do mm -hmm. everything together. So, yeah. Chills Productions. Chills Productions. <laughs> so, okay. So, you've been working in shorts. You're, you know, it's not like you, you didn't make the mistake of hey, I want to make a film. I'm going to make a feature. Like, that's right. insane, right? So you took your time. You learned your craft. You've worked with many different cameras. I mean, I remember you've, you've gone to, um, like, film uh, schools and programs and, and stuff like that. So what made you feel like now was the right time? This was the right project. This was the right story that you uh, wanted to take the big leap on? I mean, it's hard to say that I even felt that this is the right time necessarily, but it was just that my stories kept getting bigger and bigger as I was writing them. And I was like, there's no way I can do this as a short. And I don't know, I felt really confident with what I had written. I, I had written it at, um, at, I think I was, I had just turned 15 when I wrote the first draft of the screenplay. Um, and of course, it went through a lot of changes. Um, but I, I shot it in 2019, and I was only 17. So I guess 
I mean, I've learned a lot more since then too. It would probably be very different if I made it now, but um, it did grow with me quite a bit. And yeah, I mean, having from 15 to 17, I mean, I mean, I did the diner in between writing The Root of Perfection and then shooting it with my sister. She wrote and directed The Diner. Um, we shot that in between that and I just learned so much. <laughs> Cool. Real quick, uh, just so we, uh, so people listening have some context, uh, you know, give us the elevator pitch and tell us what's going on. So the Root of Perfection follows um, an ensemble of unique individuals uh, struggling to live in a world where emotions are seen as weak and perfect people can be purchased at the store in the form of a seed and planted to grow from the ground. Very long-winded, um, but that's the gist of it. And it's even crazier than that in action. So that's how yeah. you do an elevator pitch, actually. I, I Cole, actually, that was really good. <laughs> yeah. You got it in there. That's All good. All right. Fantastic. Fantastic. You said long-winded, and I'm like, that took you less than 20 seconds. Okay, so. cool. For me, I well was done. like, oh, wow, this is going on for a while, but <laughs> that's <No>. great. <laughs> good, good advice for other filmmakers. Like, yeah, long-winded is what most of us are. It's like the five-minute version where you're like, okay. And then the guy opens the door and then he walks through and we don't need to know all that. <laughs> Good. To be fair, I have had um, two years of doing nothing to perfect the elevator pitch. So, um, yeah. Don't underestimate it. It's important. <laughs> you got to be all able right. to get it in in like one breath. And you just did that uh, cool. really, 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 really well. So, Thank you. Uh, a quick, so if I can follow follow up with you. So from being a director, writer, and starring in it, talk about that process a little bit because that's always you know you're really good with that Edward Burns, uh, Kevin Costner, uh, <laughs> yeah, type of thing. <laughs> I mean, I was just trying to think, but I think when I did this, I know I was talking about the root of perfection the last time I was on this podcast, but I think it was just months out of shooting, um, so I had no idea really what I was getting myself into. Um, we never do. No, no, of course. And that's, that's part of the fun sometimes if you can, if you can get past all the difficulties, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely insane. Um, <laughs> I, I think myself starring in it, um, it's an ensemble cast and it follows a bunch of different storylines that do eventually come together, but each character spends a lot of time apart too. So having my sister there with me, um, she did step in and help out a lot when I was um, acting on camera and many of the other storylines, I was able to be behind the camera really just doing my thing. So I didn't have too much trouble in that regard, but it is, it is difficult when I'm in it and directing it. At the same time, those scenes are <laughs> very chaotic. I get kind of grumpy sometimes and then I feel bad, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was wild, but we had a good time. What tips do you have as far as like balancing, um, you know, because you're using different parts of the brain, like really, as far as, you know, the behind the scenes, kind of the producer, manager, director um, versus, you know, stepping in front. Like, how do you, I, I don't know, find that, um, find the headspace, find that time and kind of like manage those different worlds? Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult. There's a lot of um, lack. There's a lack of sleep um, where I'm just up. I'm trying to do my director things, 
before I get on set, especially if I'm in the scene um, thinking, okay, this scene is going to go this way, uh, knowing exactly what I want to say and kind of, I mean, to a certain extent, I feel like directing and acting are very connected because when you're trying to elicit an emotion from somebody um, in your head, you might have it the way you would react or, or you might be thinking, okay, if I were in this scene, at least this is what I do. I think when I'm in this scene, this is probably what I would, how I would act. And I kind of try to relay that to whoever I'm acting opposite of. And I don't know. It's a very difficult question, but sometimes it just clicks. It just works. You got the skills. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. January 14th. Judge me. <laughs> so before you got to, I mean, you had the idea when you were much younger, right? Mm -hmm. So what spawned the idea and what took the idea to, okay, I've got this First of all, where did the idea come from? And then where did you get to, all right, I'm ready to start getting money for this. Mm -hmm. How did you start crowdfunding, right? You have the idea, you start writing a script, and now you're ready to crowdfund and get this thing off the ground. Right. Well, it, it started basically the same as any of my weird, crazy ideas start, which is just, uh, I get like a just a very partial glimpse of something that I think would be cool. And I start talking about it and then I start writing the script and then sometimes I stop writing and I never pull it back out ever again, ever. And then sometimes I finish and um, I don't know. I think this one, I just, I sat down, busted the whole thing out, shared it with people. And I mean, they thought there was some promise in it. And I thought there was some promise in it. So I was like, all right, let's try to see if we can do this. And I think at the beginning of any project, that's all you can do is be like, okay, yeah, this could happen at some point. And that's exactly how this was when I wrote it um, and started sharing it with people. I wanted to make it, but in my mind, I was like, all right, there's a good chance that this is just something that I'm writing and I'm going to put it away again maybe later down the line, I'll pull it back out. But everybody that I shared it with was like, no, let's do this thing. So I had a lot of encouragement and support from the people I shared the script with. Um, and that included actors and other screenwriters and producers. Yeah. Once you started getting that feedback of like, no, this, this script really has something, it can go somewhere. So then the switch flipped and you said, all right, it can go somewhere. Maybe I need to make it and you decided, I need money. So if I'm going to make it, I need some moolah. Right. And I can't just like pull it from the sky. So I need to raise money. When right. did you decide to start crowdfunding? When did you pull the trigger on that? And how did that go? Okay, so this is actually, there was a period between finishing the first draft of the script. Of course, I think there was a two-year period between finishing it and then starting to raise money for it. And during that time, my sister and I made the diner. It was she wrote it and directed it. I did the cinematography and helped produce it, and every and I had a little part in that too. Um, and we, I think we used Indiegogo to raise some money for that. And it was just kind of through that process and seeing how much support we could get from you know our community and just the film community in general, um, kind of 
it really worked as some great practice just the whole way through. So we were like, yeah, let's try to do this thing again. I think talking with, um, just talking with people, uh, some recommended Kickstarter as a way to reach more like a broader audience. Um, so we decided to just hop back in and see if we could get people interested if they wanted to see the movie made. The challenge with Kickstarter is it's all or nothing, right? So were you right. nervous about, you know, I mean, was it successful? Uh, you know, how long was the campaign? What did you learn um, kind of through that versus doing it through Indiegogo? It's a lot of work. It's like during that period when you're crowdfunding, it's a full-time job. You're online promoting it, promoting it, promoting it, telling everybody you know. You feel absolutely at least I felt terrible. I felt like a terrible person. I was like, hey, nice to meet you. Um, here's my Kickstarter. Um, but that's that's really what you got to do. It's just, um, yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, we did two, um, two Kickstarter campaigns. The first one was going into production. Uh, we needed support flying actors out here, just kind of getting sets, getting them fed, get, giving them places to stay. Um, and just, you know, a bunch of technical things. And um, I think we had that set at like, just like 3,500. And we raised just like a little over that. Nice. And then after shooting, there were some music licensing rights that we need to um, obtain and uh, just some editing things. Um, we did another campaign for 2,500 and raised a little over that. So. Yeah, they were both successful and I was very happy and very scared with the limited, the limited time, all or nothing. Congratulations, though. You had two successful ones for the same project. I mean, that's got to be pretty rare. So that's awesome. Oh, thank you so much. When you go when you go into production and obviously uh, we before had cover, we don't need to sort of rehash some of this stuff, but, you know, sort of finding your crew and casting up and uh, doing these things during uh, current uh climates let's call it uh how did, how did that work out as far as uh staffing up uh the production team and the uh, with everybody and getting them together and trying to create as safe uh you know an incubated space as possible while filming right well this actually was in 2019 so this was before all of this oh. happened that we shot oh, the okay. film the before so, times the before yeah this, this is the before times. the before times however we were right on it feels so long ago <laughs> Right on the cusp. Yeah, it feels so long ago. And it also feels like it was yesterday. I feel like no time has passed at all. And I feel like this has been my whole life at the same time. Um, but um, so we were fortunate enough to be just barely before uh, all of this, this climate. <laughs> um, um, but we, it was also a little bit disheartening to right as everything started going down you know we started going to lockdown we don't need to go into yeah. all of it it's not we lived it we lived it yeah yeah, yeah. we yeah. lived it um um right as that was starting i was like okay i'm just about done with editing this getting this all together i was looking at places to premiere it looking at venues and everything just went to hell so um i've been sitting on it pretty much for two years and i'm just ready to get it out however there have been a couple of additional scenes um 
that we shot and added into the film since then. So we have, they're both outside, everybody on set wearing a mask, being as safe as possible. The actors are all very far apart, um, or there's one with just one actor. And yeah, I mean, and that was also just a very, I think that was in this last summer too, so. Cole, that's super unique because it's like, that's a lot of time to sort of sit and be able to actually digest something you've worked on. I, and I don't know if a lot of people have actually gotten a chance to go through that experience. Instead, like a lot of times you want to write the movie, get the movie funded, shoot it, and you want to get it out. And it's just like, you've actually had time to sort of let it marinate. Uh, right. Um, what did you, did you, did you kind of like that? Did you see some pros and cons about it? Definitely some pros and cons. Um, first of all, I've watched it and rewatched it and rewatched it and it makes me crazy and I can find things that I would change about it and fine tune about it. I can find that stuff for forever, basically. But I've also grown to love a lot about it that, um, or see a lot in it that I wasn't able to see before. And that even includes like just the, I mean, the film is about human relationships at its core and um, just how people react to each other and how they're uncomfortable with each other or how they love each other. And when I wrote it, of course, that was a theme. But now when I watch it, I'm like, wow, that's that stands out way more to me because of everything that we've gone through. So I'm like, wow. So, um, Cole, I read that originally you wanted to shoot in Los Angeles and you decided to shoot in Erie instead. What made you change your mind and talk about some of the locations that you did choose to shoot it? Okay, yeah. Um, when I wrote it, I mean, I wrote it, the majority of the time I was writing the screenplay, I was in Los Angeles. So, and when I'm writing a script, I'm picturing the atmosphere all around me as the location of the script I'm writing, just because that's what I'm surrounded by and that's how I'm feeling in that moment. Um, but I I came back and I think I spent a summer back in Erie, of course, and I was just looking around all the locations um, just stood out to me as they would be beautifully utilized in this in this story. Um, especially there's in just right at the beginning, there's a graffiti wall in the screenplay that it kind of plays a major part. And I had no idea, there wasn't like a wall in LA that I was like, yeah, that would be a good wall. I had no idea where I was gonna shoot that. And I was driving downtown. I don't remember exactly what street it's on, but there's just this big graffiti wall with just all over it, beautiful, vibrant colors all over it. And like a tunnel that's just all graffiti. And yeah, we were lucky enough to get, uh, we, got some, we got permission to shoot there. And um, yeah, that's just one of the locations. I'm sorry, I don't know exact. I can't recall exactly where it is, but it's it's downtown-ish. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we shot at, we actually shot on the Victorian Princess, which was not initially the plan. Um, we were reaching out to some local uh, food businesses uh, to see if they could help us out with catering. And a lot of, a lot of people um, were just so kind and, interested in having a film made in Erie um, that they actually donated catering to us. And um, at the at the colony, 
the guy that we talked to there was like, also, would you be interested in shooting on the Victorian princess? And I was like, I don't, I don't know where I could put that, but I'll, yeah, sure. I'll figure it out. I'll do it. That's um, amazing. And it, yeah, it was, it was really, really amazing. Um, yeah. And How did you figure it out? Did you like have to, I mean, was it easy to find a location that you could kind of reconfigure to that? Or did you have to, you know, like shoehorn it in a little bit? Um, it, it wasn't, it didn't feel too shoehorned in. Um, there are some fantasy uh, scenes throughout the film. So whatever, go, you know, anything goes pretty much there. And I was like, oh yeah, that might actually make it more interesting. That's awesome. That's another than that value there. <laughs> oh yeah. It was crazy. Uh, we shot at the Presque Isle Superette. Uh, we shot down at the Bayfront, um, and then just in some neighborhoods and just kind of. Oh, we shot at the Bourbon Barrel. Um, yeah. Oh, the, the Bourbon in the Barrel. Before yeah. Bourbon yeah. Barrel in, in the, the Before Times. In the Before Times. times. Yes. Oh man. So, what about your actors? Right, they were from pretty much all over the place. We had actors from LA, from New York, from. Delaware wow. and then other parts of Pennsylvania. And um, and then of course we have a lot of local talent from Erie um filling the cast. And yeah, I mean, as far as the cast goes, when I rewatched this thing, like that I completely lucked out with everybody just from beginning to end. I can't think of I can't picture anybody else playing these characters so exactly to how I'd written them. It just blows my mind. Your lead actor, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, James. James Achille. James Achille, yes. He's an Erie native. Yes, he is an Erie native. Um, went to McDowell, um, and I actually met him in LA. He lives in LA now. I met him there, and my mom had gone to school with his dad, and I'm like, this is weird. Um, and we've just been, you know, making things together ever since we met each other and i was like there's a the he plays a boy band boy plant a people seed and he's his hair is just so luscious he's absolutely perfect oh, it, is. It, yeah. it is it is a flush so man oh my god <laughs> it's beautiful yeah yeah and he's hilarious in that the hair that hair needed a needed a role in your movie oh absolutely Seriously. yep shout out to james james we love james yeah, he's a cool guy. He so, is. did you have an audition process? I mean, I assume you don't know all of uh, the talent. Um, how did how did you go about getting people involved? Right. So we had um, actually we kind of reached out everywhere. Um, a lot of, I mean, there were roles that had I did have people in mind for them as I was writing them. James, of course, that hair he goes into that <laughs> role just so perfectly. He was in my head. My sister, my sister's in it. Um, that was already planned out. So there were several characters in it who, as I was writing the script, were already cast, basically. Um, but um, as far as casting the people, yeah, I did not know the majority of the cast, actually. Um, there, we did a lot of casting calls through breakdown services. And um, yeah, we met through breakdown services. Um, we got Jacqueline Sislowski on board with us. Um, she sent in an audition. It was fantastic. She plays Caroline Peppers. She's awesome. 
um, perfect, I could say, but that kind of goes against the theme of my entire movie. Um, <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so a majority of the cast we got through breakdown services. Um, Zach Serino, we actually reached out to an agent that I had partnered with in the past who was interested in sending us some actors that um, would audition for the role. So we met Zach Serino through there. Um, Molly Schenkenberger also through breakdown services. Um, and then, yeah, we got, and then there were, of course, we were just like, I was also asking people, I was like, Hey, do you have any, do you know of any actors who would be good for this role? That's how I met John Thomas Benson. Um, and yeah, it sounds basically like just pretty big cast. How, how big is your cast? Oh, um, it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a crazy big cast. Um, like speaking, <laughs> speaking characters, it sounds like you got quite a lot. Yeah, there's some. I, I would 18 here on IMDb in a quick look. Yeah, I, I would say there are at least like very important characters. There's got to be 15 even. I And I when I think about the extras too, so many of them just had some lines. And there's like, I think there's over 40 total. It was a lot. It was a lot. But um, the way we scheduled it, um, was very helpful splitting up the time between the movie is made up of several stories basically that interconnect and being able to split up the time that we had each actor with us was very very helpful okay all right so you didn't film like in in one chunk and then plus the extra time that you added it was uh, a bunch of chunks for like each vignette right so it was um we shot we got Jacqueline out here Zach out here Molly out here um all at the same time basically the you like the youthful story we shot basically first and we did have it all like it was oh, a month of shooting um oh, okay. so we did do it all at once basically but we got them out here got their scenes done sent them back to where they came from um <laughs> and then brought in the next brought in John Thomas and um, he did my, the, his scenes with my sister and also um, Haley Sitch, who is in the film plays their daughter um, shot that stuff separately and then so on and so forth. Wow. It's a lot to balance, man. <laughs> it was, I don't, I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, you know, I'm glad I did it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you swung big. I I'm super excited to see it. So, um, Okay, then we get into uh, pandemic times, and I know you want to show mm -hmm. the film uh, to people. So, you know, what kind of challenges did, um, I mean, how did you find your, your venue? And then, of course, tell us, you know, about the screening and how that all came about. Right. So, I mean, I've just um, basically, you know, I've been putting off the screening. I, you know, it was impossible for a while. Um, and, you know, now we're finally being able to do it and uh, we're going to, you know, try to do seating apart from each other as much as we can. And everybody is required to be wearing masks. We're going to have hand sanitizer all over the place and just try to be as careful as we can um, at the venue. And um, 
yeah, I mean, what we are doing at the HO Hurt Auditorium, which actually, John, you recommended I check out and I checked it out and it was it was really, really cool place to do it. And um, yeah, I'm just so excited to get it out there, share it with people. That's awesome. What's what's the date? Where can people uh, find more information, get tickets? Uh, January 14th at the HO Hurt Auditorium at the Blasco Library. Um, you can get your tickets online at brownpapertickets.com and, uh, and see some trailers and posters and stuff like that. Well, real quick, uh, when so when I watched the, the trailer a, co- uh, a couple of days ago and stuff like that, it kind of feels like, what were your inspirations on some level for the film? Like, it does feel like it's got a bit of, uh, not necessarily uh, thematically, but like stylistically, it feels like it's got a little bit of a Napoleon Dynamite feel to it on mm. some level, uh, which I say as a complete compliment by the way oh fantastic uh, yeah yeah definitely. Uh, but what, what were your or your inspirations um i mean it this is also something that had changed and molded when i started writing it my inspirations were things like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and the lobster thematically um and it kind of did change into something more like napoleon dynamite um in terms of atmosphere and the way it was shot um uh kind of a a quirky uh youthful coming of age movie so yeah definitely but charlie kaufman and you know that he's just my biggest inspiration in terms of writing and directing i'm a big big fan so i don't think i'll ever make a movie and not cite eternal sunshine as like one of my influences (laughs) yeah that's awesome what what yeah one of my favorites yeah that's great what else are you working on um so i'm about to start workshopping another feature screenplay um for a kind of surreal horror film um called the dreadful place um i like the uh, title thank you thank you yeah again um i would say it's eternal sunshine of the spotless mind uh meets like i don't know nightmare on elm street it's about dreams and you know the whole thing takes place in one character's head basically um, as she's trying to wake up from a nightmare that just keeps getting, you know, its claws stronger and stronger, keeping her inside. Nice. So back to local, uh, local, local stuff. Where did you, what kind of equipment did you use for your, for your shoot? Um, for the shoot, we basically used, um, we use the same equipment that we used when we shot the diner, which is um, Panasonic Lumix G7 camera. And, uh, you know, just actually we had lights that we were going to use that we purchased and they broke the first day on set. So we started having to improvise. Uh. Um, so just crazy things like that always happen. You can't make something and like <laughs> expect it to go smoothly because it's not going to ever. Um yeah so we basically had to improvise with the lighting we used there are so many shots that are just like ring lights like makeup lights that i think just like you know they worked they worked perfectly actually um but yeah i mean the equipment was kind of minimal we used uh basically what we what we were familiar with and you know um my sister and i both did the cinematography for it together so yeah 
I think minimal works for uh, comedy though. It sort of forces you to like keep it going because it's like with a lot of equipment, there's like so much, there's so much setup, and then you feel the onus or subconsciously you feel the onus of like really trying to make sure that that shot, you know, is conveying everything. But with comedy for the performance purposes, it's like, it keeps, it keeps them, you know, uh, running along. Would you, would you, with this experience, would you say that that was how you sort of felt about it? Yeah, I definitely feel that way about it because I mean, this particular film, like the characters and my cast doing what they're doing is the most important part to me. So being able to put the camera, just set the camera up and, and of course with a lot of thought into where I'm placing the camera, but being able to kind of have a little bit of um, like lenience in that regard was very helpful in the performances, I think. Cole, thank you so much for being with us today. So much luck to you next week for your premiere of Root of Perfection. So that's January 14th at the H.O. Hurt Auditorium. That's down in the Blasco Library for all who don't know. Um, tickets are available at brownpapertickets.com. You can also find more information on Facebook. you looking up the Root of Perfection, right? Um, mm. So that's it for Film Grain, our first episode back after so many months. It's kind of crazy, like getting back into the swing of things, but it feels really good. Right, John, Mike? Hopefully the next Thanks episode will be less less than seven or so <laughs> months from now. <laughs> that's right. It'll be very soon. We actually have a plan. We'll be back very, very soon. So stay tuned for our next episode. So until our next episode, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Until then, this was Film Grain. Mm-hmm.